You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Hey there, welcome to episode 192 of the Soul Forge Podcast. Welcome to the Soul Forge, a place of silent mystery, quiet contemplation, and outright mayhem. Join your host, Sean Vanderloo, as he guides you through the adventures of living. Together, we'll talk about life and love, sex and dating, joy and heartache, memories and loss, and so much more. Don't worry, it's not nearly as pretentious as it sounds. Get ready for life, the universe, and everything on The Soul Forge. Hey gang, welcome back to the show. It's Sean, and this week I have a very special guest. It's a long time coming. It's Mike. He's the head of the ESO Network, and he agreed to be on an episode of Soul Forge. How are you, Mike? Good. Five bucks is five bucks, man. Thanks for you know paying me to come on. I do what I can to keep my uh, people in the loop, right? So. Oh, of course. You yes. know, and you know, it's always nice to go on to other shows on the network, and especially when they go, "Hey, Mike, I'll give you a little something if you come on my show." And it's like, okay, that sounds perfect to me. Right? Yeah, I, I bribed you with some pop vinyl figures. Exactly, and you know, I will not say no to Amazon anything. That's how Darren's got on our podcast, so it's okay. Yeah, I see. Okay. <laughs> All right. So you picked the topic this week, actually. Oh, I did. I did. And it's something I've always wanted to talk about on a podcast, but it's always been a little more sensitive because, you know, a lot of divorced parents go through this. And Sean, knowing what you've gone through, you know, by listening to your podcast or us just hanging and talking at times that, you know, being a, a divorced parent is always difficult. Yes. Uh, but, and, you know, sometimes the relationships between the two consenting adults who are the parents, sometimes really good, sometimes great, but other times it's for crap. And basically, you know, you have troubled communications. There's a lot of anger and hatred and bad feelings and a lot of times it's put out on the children and the children are the ones who suffer because of stuff like that and so we're going to talk today a bit little bit about parental alienation yeah and uh i think i've experienced both sides of that but it's not something that i've researched because uh, i figured i would learn from you that's what the podcast is about learning from guests and learning different things teaching the audience so why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about what parental alienation actually is parental alienation is i don't have any websites up in on in front of me or this is just off the top of my head yeah. so i'm not giving you legal terms i'm not giving you um terms that a lawyer or, you know, even Webster's Dictionary would come up with. This is just you and I talking. And basically, parental alienation is a lot of times when you go through a divorce, one parent tries to keep the child that is leaked by law away from the other parent. They're going against what the lawyers are saying, what the judges are saying, and a lot of times the one parent is held in contempt of court because of it. And also depends on how much a parent wants to fight for the right to see their child. And there's some parents that, you know, think it's just too much work, too much 
I don't know how you want to say it, too much kind of, you know, it's some people don't, some parents don't really want to do more than they're legally obligated to do. Right. That, that is true. They'll, they'll do their, uh, their weekend visit every two weekends for, in a row. Uh, but that's it. They, they won't call. No. They, they won't do anything extra. Right. Exactly. And so, you know, and the other, a lot of times the other parent who's trying to keep the child away from the parent sometimes makes up things against the other parent or sometimes just ignores what is recommended even by their attorneys and just, you know, then sometimes even brain tries to brainwash the child in the middle because of it. And it's, it's really ugly. A lot of times it can get into some very dangerous territories sometimes. And sometimes it means ruining relationships between the, the one parent and the child, or sometimes it backfires. It just all depends when the child becomes old enough to realize what's going on. Or sometimes the child doesn't realize. And it's, I know I might sound like I'm talking in circles, but this is just different examples. Well, there's so many permutations of this. Uh, different uh, layers and levels and uh, different ways that it happens, right? So, Exactly. I've had friends of mine who have gone through this and they're so much so that the basically the parent who was trying to keep the child away from the one parent moved away to an, all the way to another side of the country. That happens a lot. Yes, uh, quite a bit, actually. And I'll tell you a little bit about my story in a little bit. And so... When this happens, a lot of times, if the parent doesn't see the other child for quite some time, the parent, the other parent could tell the, ch- the child, oh, your father or mother doesn't love you, or mm-hmm. that's the reason they don't, they're not here to see you, or stuff like that, or even, you know, really worse things, and including, you know, it's okay for you to do physical harm against your other parent, and you know, that, you know, that they don't really care about you and, you know, it's okay for you to steal or lie from that parent. And it's, it's gets really sick. And you see a lot, yeah, and you see a lot of that, uh, in pop culture too, like in in your, in TV shows and all kinds of stuff, movies, it's every, every example is out there in pop culture. Oh yeah. And sometimes it's glorified, which makes it even worse. And so a lot of places when you run into those kind of issues, it makes the other parent who sometimes is defenseless about it. That's, you know, some, a lot of times they give up, but you hear stories about mothers and fathers who, you know, don't want to see their, ch- you know, children, you know, that they just give up their parental rights and because, Oh, you know, I'm divorced. I don't want to see that kid anymore. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there's, there's stories of that too. And those are heartbreaking when you hear yes. stuff like that. And it's not just deadbeat dads. Or, no, you know, no. It happens a lot with where the woman leaves and, and there's then there's a single father raising the kids, which is way more rare. But And it's it's more hard to believe, too, because you, you think a woman is stereotypically nurturing and more caring than a man. But when they leave, it's it's a bit of a surprise, but it happens lots. Oh, it, it happens more than you know. And the statistics are pretty staggering for on both sides. I'm not pointing any fingers or anything. And sometimes there's situations where it's means it has to happen. And it sometimes 
comes down to the parent, one parent just says, enough is enough. I can't handle this anymore and walks away and disappears. You have that also. Oh yeah, for sure. And, and they're gone for years. And then maybe later on in the twenties or thirties, the kid will uh, reach out or the parent will finally reach out. And then the kid may or may not want to have anything to do with the parent who left all that time ago. Well, exactly. And that's where you get into things where you, you know, it's, it's kind of sad where you even have stories when, and I know from experience, not with myself, but other people that, you know, somebody got pregnant and the other person didn't want the child and the woman holding the child decides that she wants to keep it. And she doesn't tell the fa the father figure that he even had a kid. And then 25 years later, the child wants to know what really happened to his father hmm. and finds him through Facebook. And all of a sudden, hi, I'm your dad. You know, you're my dad. It's like, right. What? It's, <laughs> exactly. It's like, mm -hmm. I dated that person, but I didn't know anything about, you know, yeah. so that happens too. So, but what we're going to talk about parental alienation is purposely one parent keeping the child away from the other parent. Okay. Well, before we get into that, why don't we play a promo for the Earth Station DCU podcast right here on the ESO Network. I'm Drew Leiter. And I'm Cletus Jacobs. Join us this winter as we watch changes in the DC Universe unfold. We'll keep you informed on DC News, we'll review the future state event, and of course, we'll be talking the Arrowverse shows when they return this January. Thanks for letting us be a part of your DC Comics journey, and thanks for listening to the Earth Station DCU podcast. Part of the ESO Network! Wasn't that a great promo, Mike? Oh, one of the, my favorites. And DCU is so many different things happening right now, especially with, you know, Superman and Lois premiering on the CW recently. And then also you have the Snyder Cut of Justice League coming out. Yeah, it's very exciting times. Yeah, exactly. And I don't even want to get started on, on the Suicide Squad coming out. That's going to be awesome this summer. Oh, yes, definitely. So, yeah. All kinds of pop culture, but that's something that we could talk about on Rusted Robot or, or on your podcast, Earth Station One. But for right now, let's get back to parental alienation. Let's go back a little bit with that. Um, and I'm going to tell you my story now. Okay. And a lot of people do not know the story. So this is something that's, that... It's a Soul Forge exclusive. Oh, very much so. Um, just a few people know this. Basically, I was married before Judy. I was married to my son's mom. William is my son. His mom and I were married for about seven years. When William was born, he was born with a birth defect. And he was born with a birth defect that basically he had what a giant cyst on the side of his face. Oh, wow. So he wasn't able to bend his neck and stuff like that. And they found it in the womb. And so my ex-wife really wasn't able to handle that and she pretty much had a mental breakdown because of it and she had two very controlling parents so controlling that they basically even when i when i got married to her they didn't want me in part of the in the picture back then and it was just like okay you know so much so the mother-in-law when you know you're supposed to do the first dance and everything at a wedding mm -hmm. she looked at me in the eye and said I'll never forgive you for taking my daughter away from me. Ouch. Yeah. So, you know, it wasn't a good situation to begin with. And so what ended up happening was 
when we, you know, after William was born, my ex was not very strong and she, you know, was basically whispered in the ear quite a bit from her mother-in-law mm-hmm. and ways to raise the kid, ways to be a, a, a mother and everything, but nothing about being a wife anymore. Uh-huh. And we were living in Seattle at the time. I was offered a job down in California. And so I took the job and I moved down there to find a house for us because we were going to be relocating from Seattle. Right. What ended up happening, though, is I found a house in California, but she wanted her parents to move in with us. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah, exactly. And I said, no, I want us to live as a family, me, you and my son, but I don't want your parents involved. They can live across the street. They can live in the next town. I don't care. But as long as it's just me and you living in the house together. And she said, no, I won't move down to California with with you unless my parents are with us. Wow. As if. Okay. Yeah. So basically she gave up being a wife at that point. Because she was so under control from the parents. Oh, exactly. And so basically what ended up happening was... We filed for divorce. There were other things too. It just, that wasn't just the only issue. We got, you know, my son already, when we separated, my son was only one. So he never remembers mom and dad together. Right. So it was, that was a very positive thing comparatively. And so what ended up happening was we divorced and I guess I did not have the best attorney in my divorce the first time. That happened. And yeah, of course. And so she got all these rights that, you know, that, you know, she wanted at first for the first year of the divorce that if I saw my son, that I would have to have one of them around us at that time Mm. until he was three years old. And then after that, he could do overnights and everything would, we'd have a set schedule. So about two weeks before his third birthday, I get a let official letter from her saying that she was moving to Georgia oh. because of work. Okay. If, if for, for those in Canada who aren't familiar with United States geography, Seattle is up in the northwest corner of the United States where Georgia is all the way in the southeast corner of the United States. So 3,000 miles away, basically. Mm -hmm. I think she was expecting me to go, okay, I'll see William every six months. You know, I'll come either down there to visit him or he can come up and visit me type thing. Right. But she didn't know at the time that I was committed to that kid, that I was wanted to see him all the time and everything. Well, it's your son, of course. Of course. So I actually, are the dogs bothering? I can hear the dogs and I'm sure our listeners can too, but uh, it, it's ambiance and it's it's not a, a it's not a Vanderloo podcast if there's not some kind of animal making noise in the background. Well, there you go. So basically what ended up happening was I surprised her and said, well, guess what? I'm going to move down to Georgia a month after you. Nice. Surprise. So, surprise. And she was like, what? So she at first didn't tell me where in Georgia she was moving. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. She didn't give me a mailing address, anything. So I was able to track her down, though. 
And basically, I moved down here because I had relatives down here. Oh, that's convenient. And so I stayed with my relatives for a little bit until I got my own place together. She did not let me. She went completely against the divorce decree and would not let me have him for weekends. Or if I wanted to take him out of town, she once wouldn't let him out of the house. Wow. And how old is he at this point? Still one or two? Three? No, he was three and a half at this point. Three and a half. Okay. And so she wouldn't let me take him out of the house. Or she just said, oh, I don't think you're ready to have your son by yourself. That makes no sense. It doesn't make sense. There was no, nothing. I never touched the kid. I didn't have any form of abuse. I never had anger issues. I never had, you know, any violence, any gun, any drinking. You're just a regular everyday guy. Exactly. I'm a geek. What can I say? Right. (laughs) You know, and so basically what she ended up doing was keeping... Uh, I had to call the police on her Jeez. to get my son out of the house. And, of course, she's whispering, you know, both her and her mother because they are living together. Oh, of course they are. Yeah. And because the parents moved down to Georgia with her. So, you know, the saying, the devil went down to Georgia. So that's that's where that saying came from? Of from course. Them? Yeah. yeah, of course. Okay. So basically what ended up happening, they started like whispering into my son's ear and saying, oh, don't go with daddy. He's going to hurt you. He's he's going to treat you bad. And, you know, that type of thing. Well, there's a there's a word for that. I don't know what it is, but that's evil. Oh, it is evil. It's mental abuse. Yes, it is there. That's the word I'm looking for. And so basically what ended up happening is, like I said, I had to call the police on her, but the police would not get involved because it was a domestic issue. Of course. Of course. So, of course, I didn't get my son. So this kept on going on for six months. Jeez. And then so, and at this during this point, I had met Judy at talk, and we had started dating. And we started getting more and more serious. And so this is like a about, you know, it's kept on going on and Judy had met William and finally we got to do one overnight and William was kicking and screaming, thinking that we were not going to take him back to his mom. Oh, gee. Okay. Cause he was yeah. brainwashed. Yeah. He was brainwashed thinking that I was going to keep him and I was going to take him away. Mm-hmm. And literally from the age of, from when he was two until today, He's always had a bedroom at my apartment for him with his stuff in it, mm-hmm. you know, toys and stuff, kid stuff. His own now safe place. Yeah, exactly. And, but he, know, you know, she was like, oh, that's, that's not r- real stuff. That's bad stuff. You know, Every, everything and, that you did was wrong in some way. Oh, of course. And not only that, anything she was spoiling and anything that I got for him, she got something else you know Mm -hmm. i bought a playstation she bought an xbox Uh, you know mm -hmm. had to one up you you know oh oh of course and it's like so that's where my child support was going you know Mm -hmm. not only you know even though i was being alienated i was still paying child support regularly and i even increased my child support when i started earning more money getting more stable then the summer of 2004 uh, my ex-wife came, um, called me up and said, hey, um, I know this might sound like a surprise, but I'm moving to Florida and I'm <laughs> taking William with. And at, in 2004, and, he's how old? He is at this time, he's just about to turn five. Okay. So he's, 
I guess he's about 22 right now. He's going to be 22 in October. And so what ended up happening, both Judy and I had already proposed to Judy by this point. But, and Angela was like, well, you can move down to Florida if you want to see William again, you know, type thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, I'm not going to do that. So we took her to court. And at first we had to go through to, cause it was, we, what Judy and I were doing was suing for what they call emergency custody because she was unstable. She was trying to move again just after a little over a year. She could not handle being in court through mediation. And she's like, she showed up one time in sweatpants and sweat to make the court feel a bit sorry for her. Did it work? No, <laughs> not at all. She just looked like a freak show. Yeah, pretty much. And what ended up happening is Judy and I actually had to get married early because of we had already, you know, we were already engaged and we were about to move in with each other. Mm-hmm. And our attorney, my attorney said, Mike, it w- you guys are already engaged. You already have a date. But why don't you guys go to the courthouse and get married early? Because it, when you go to court, it'll look better when we say we want William as ours to. And Judy's been great through this whole thing. You know, she, you know, she, I couldn't have asked for a better partner for that. Mm-hmm. And everything. She was supportive. She knew she saw through them right away, you know, the whole thing. Yeah. And she knew what was going on. She basically, you know, was like, but I want my wedding, you know, type thing. Well, yeah, and, of course. And of course. And but the the attorney said, it's just a, a piece of paper. It's just a date. And so what ended up happening was during our lunch break in, in September of 2004, Judy and I went to the courthouse and we got married. And then we went back to work. Yes, I think you told me that story when I visited you down in Georgia there a year and a yeah, half ago. Exactly. And so so that's our first wedding. So Judy and I have been married actually three times. Yes, that's right. That's right. You know, because we got married uh the official, you know, church wedding and then we had which was the, the April after that. And then we got married by Elvis about two years ago. Nice. In yes. Vegas. It was awesome. Oh, I bet it was. Yeah. So but what ended up happening is we did go to court and we were awarded joint cust, full joint custody. Good. We had to make all decisions together with the ex. We had to, you know, any school, anything like that. And she tried from that point on to sabotage anything that he, he was going for. I, I'm shocked. Yeah, I know. Not just, you know, any not just schooling because when in fourth when William was in fourth grade they came to us from the school and said we want to put William in the gifted and talented program oh nice he is he in in all his testing he is in the top ninety nine point nine percent of the state of Georgia wow. wow that's that's impressive yeah and she was like oh I don't know about that I think I want him to stay with his friends I don't mm-hmm. want him to to, you know, go into the, and they wanted him to, when he went to middle school, they wanted him to go to the science academy because of his, his grades and his, you mm-hmm. know, his testing. And she turned it up, down again. So the, the school, the system is trying to give him all the advantages that he can, but his own mother is holding him back. Correct. And wow. Then, you know, and William is not a small guy. I'm not a small guy. And William, by the time William was, you know, at the end of middle school, he was 
almost as tall as I was and probably outweighed me by 30 pounds. And he, the football team wanted him. She then, she didn't want him to be away from her, to be in any kind of organizations or anything mm. like that. And she would try to foil any time, anything he wanted to do. If he wanted to do marching band, she said, oh, why don't you take music lessons instead? Or, and she, she never made him do anything. Mm -hmm. So he sat around and just played video games. Of course. So, of course. You know, it's, it's easy. And yeah. so, and, you know, gave him anything he wanted. At, then at the time, we had started noticing that William was starting to lie to us. Uh-oh. I confronted him. And he told me, his mom says it's okay for me not to be truthful with him and not to talk about any personal feelings with either me or Judy. Oh, uh, what? Uh, I, I don't know what to say about that. That's yeah, it, ridiculous. And, and it just got worse and worse. Over the years, we've caught him in multiple lies. We've even caught him taking things. We've caught mm -hmm. him, you know. But you it's know. okay because it's you guys. Exactly. Right. It's quite okay with us. And then finally, by the time he, you know, he never once asked me, why aren't you and mom together? Why aren't, you know, wouldn't, as a divorced kid, wouldn't you want to know that? Uh, I, I was from a divorced family. I asked that all the time. Yeah. You know, yeah. what, what happened? Why he never once asked me because they filled crap in his head. Right. He was programmed. Exactly. He was programmed through it and he was, he was programmed so much that, you know, if we asked him anything, his mom and Nana basically had a list of things that he could tell us. Hmm. Exactly. Uh, yeah, that's no way for a poor kid to live. No, I've, and the thing is, I have it easy compared to what a lot of other parents went through. But, you know, finally, you know, after he graduated, she told him that he doesn't have to see us anymore. Okay. And he, he's listened to them. Oh. I haven't Let, seen it. I haven't seen him in two years. Really? Two. Okay. Because I was thinking now that he's in his 20s and he can see a bit of the world's perspective that maybe he'd be like, oh, my mom was full of shit this entire time. My dad's not actually a bad guy. No. Exactly. But that's not, that's not what happened. No, it's not what it, the complete opposite. He <sighs> basically fell into the trap. She wants him to, she wants him to take care of her as she gets older. And he hasn't gone to college. He hasn't gone to university or any kind of trade school. Up till he was 19 and a half, he didn't work. His mother ruined his life. Yeah, pretty much. Just and so she could have him close. Exactly. And, she, and, and get revenge she, against you. Oh, it's more, I think it's a little both. And it's just, it's just a really sick relationship that they have and everything. I almost expected him to take her to the prom. That's how sick it is. Oh boy. Okay. She considers him her best friend. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Literally she got remarried halfway between this and, but the guy wasn't any kind of father to, to this, to my kid. Mm -hmm. And she basically, her parents ruined that relationship with her, her new, her new husband. Yeah. And they only lasted like a year. Oh jeez. Okay. So at least she's and consistent. She Oh, she is. And so it's just like, at, when that happened, it was just like, justified, justified, vindication all the way. I don't doubt but, it. But yeah, and I feel bad for Judy. I feel bad because he's even alienated now because of her. He's alienated 
any of my relatives, like my sister, or my nephew, who they were like thick as thieves growing up mm-hmm. and everything. But they don't, he doesn't want to do any, have anything to do with anybody. Wow. So, hmm, okay. So you, you haven't physically seen him in two years. In two, I haven't physically seen him in two years, haven't texted or messaged with him in a year and a half. So you just, you gave up. I had to give up because he was not responding to anything or if we got any responses, it was lies. Okay. So you had to uh, protect your own mental health. Well, that, and also Judy was going through a lot of health issues. Right. And I wrote him and I said, Hey, you know, this is what's going on. Laid it all out for him. We really love you to come to the hospital to visit, to, you know, just even for 20 minutes, if you're mm-hmm. comfortable with that. Never heard back at all. Not even a response at all. No, nah. no. I hope she's okay. Nothing. Nothing. Okay. And I, uh... I, it shows, you know, like on an iPhone, it shows you get have a deliver, you know, message. Uh-huh. You know? Exactly. And so we, I know he's read it, but you know, it now it's so after that, and I wrote him like one other time after that. It's like okay, this has gotten to the point where you have your life. We're here for you. You know where we live. You're always welcome. You're always part of our heart. And that's the best way to do it. Well, that's all you can do. You have to leave it up to him because right. you've, you've put yourself out there time and again. And you, well, can only, you can only do that so much. Exactly. And I didn't want to be one of those parents that just saw their kid once a year or never right. and everything. I wanted, to be, I wanted to be part of his life. And, yeah. you know, there's a lot of other things I'm skimming over just because I know your show is only limited and I can go four hours. <laughs> Well, you know, we could we could have a special longer episode. We don't necessarily have a time limit. I, I like to keep it around a half an hour, but they, they've gone longer. I've had hour long shows. So. Yeah, but yeah, so it's and it's tough because, like I said, I feel lucky in some ways because I had eighteen years with him and I saw watch him grow up and he became a very fine young man and he is hopefully come to his senses someday. You know, hopefully he'll date somebody or he'll see somebody. You know. Or woman, man, I don't care. You right, know? right. But he'll get more perspective on life. And exactly. Maybe his partner will say, hey, you know what? Everything you've told me about your dad, uh, I think you should give him a call. Yeah. Or, you know, someone said, what happened to your dad? Oh, he's a jerk. He's an asshole. Why is he a jerk and an asshole? And he can't give reasons. Because there are none. No. Exactly. Exactly. And, and he, was, you know, he was programmed. But, you know, it was interesting, and I've not even told Judy this. The last time I went to lunch with him, we just talked about very superficial things, video games or, you know, stuff like that, comics and movies and stuff like that, but nothing in deep, because every time I would try to talk to him about that, he would graze over. And I kept on thinking, is he that shallow? And I know he's not. He can't. But that's, that's the persona that he has. Right, because that's what his mom has told it's okay to be with me. Exactly, yeah. So he could he could be totally different with other people, but you don't right. know. Exactly. So what uh, what advice would you give to somebody who's going through something similar that you went through all these years? My main word of advice, truthfully, is don't give up. Keep pushing at it. Keep trying to build a relationship. Try to keep a positive attitude about it. Have people around you who are going to support you. The kid is going to eventually come around, you hope. 
and you're doing it for the betterment of the child or children. When I hear about, you know, when you talk about Bishop and it's just like, that's the same, a lot of the stuff where I wish I would have had those kind of conversations with him. Because when I tried, he would just glaze over it or it's, and it's tough. And even like when he would come over, all he'd want to do is play video games or stuff like that. And it's like, what, do you have homework? Do you have, you know, because I didn't want to just be the fun parent. I wanted to be a parent. Exactly. Yeah. And a, bit of, a bit of fun, but a bit of serious. Exactly. And, you know, I'm all about fun. But, and, you know, if I asked him, you know, or asked him, I want to see your homework grades, I want to review your homework, he would go home to her and complain, and she mm. would call me. Of course. Because she would be fighting all his battles for him. It shouldn't, like, be a, it shouldn't be a battle. It shouldn't be, but that's the way everything was a battle. The advice you can give is to a parent, you have to look in your heart and see, do you love this child enough? It is worth it. It is worth it. Everything I went through for 18 years was worth it. It, it sounds like it was exhausting, though. Oh, it was. You know, I moved from California back to Seattle to be close to him. I moved from Seattle to Atlanta to be close to him. And I stayed in Atlanta for 18 years, partly for him, but partly for Judy, you know, type thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And sure. everything. And everything. Because, you know, there was times it's like, wow, it'd be great to go back to Seattle or move to another country or go somewhere else. But I always wanted to be there for him. Yes, definitely. So when you when you look back at everything, even though it's not necessarily where you want your relationship to be, you know in your heart that you did everything you could, so you don't have to beat yourself up about it. Oh, I did. I beat myself all the time about it still. Oh, of course. Of course. But it's not your fault, and you know that. Oh, it's I do her, know. It's, it's the I mom's know, fault. I completely know it's not my fault. But still, but, you, you take it personally. Well, I take it personally. It's like, oh, could I have done this? Could I have done that? But the best feeling in the world is I didn't stay with her. Right. Because you could have. Oh, I could have. And I could have taken a lot of crap and been beaten down. And you wouldn't be who you are now. Oh, God, no. I am so much happier now for, on other points. And, and that's really what it's all about. Well, it is. It is. And it's about your happiness. And if you can show your child how happy and how together and give them some advice because any child is going to look at you at some point in their life and saying, dad, you're really screwed up, but <laughs> you know, but that's normal. That We're is, all screwed up. Well, exactly. And the day your child sees that you're just a human being, you're not, you know, super mom or super dad. That's the day you actually have a real relationship with your children. Exactly. Once you get past that little part. So yeah. it's pretty cool. Yep. No, you're you're damn right, and uh, I'm I'm grateful that you uh, were able to come on the show and and share this deep personal stuff with us, and uh, hopefully it's helped our listeners in some way. I hope so, and you know I'm always open to answering any other questions if anyone wants to reach out or anything, because there are tons of organizations out there for fathers' rights and such. Because for many years fathers didn't have rights; it always right. the child always you know, ended up going with the mother, even though the mother was a junkie or the mother, you know, has abuse issues or stuff like that. The child still ended up going to the mother. Oh, yes. And a lot of times the child paid for it. But and the father was always the victim to, because, you know, even though he didn't do anything, the judges always thought. But that's changed in the last probably 10 years. 
Yeah, I think so. Or so. And Ish. so Fathers writes, I know it is here in the States, but also up in Canada, it's changed also. There's, yes. There are organizations out there also, if you run into some cases that are a lot worse, you know, there are cases that of friends of mine who've had to put locks on the inside of their bedroom doors because... The kids, when they would come over, they would try to attack the parent. The, the the mother would say it's okay to beat up your, you know, stepmom or stuff like that, Ooh. or throw things and, you know, stuff like that. And there's cases of that all over, and it it gets really really horrible. And you know, I feel unfortunate that way that William was really good about Judy. Mm-hmm. And her that, that's lucky for sure. Until he decided to cut everybody off, but you know. Well, until then, yeah. At least he wasn't violent. No, he was not. Which that's, is pretty that's, awesome. That's good. That's good. So if yeah. uh, if if somebody wanted to follow you on Twitter or, or social media or something and wanted to ask you a question, where would they do that? Well, you can find me, of course, on Twitter. I am Mike Favor sixty seven, and on Facebook, which I'm mostly on, I am also just Mike Faber. You can find me and, you know, or under ESO network. I'm that guy who runs the place. You are the man in charge. I am crazy enough as it seems. I got drafted into that position. So, you know, I know. so I, I want, I want, I thought I was going to be quarterback, but I got drafted into the CEO role of the podcast network instead. Well, it's, it's much more financially fulfilling to be part of a podcast network, right? Oh God. Yes. You know, who wants to be a football player? Never. <sighs> nobody, nobody, yeah, nobody. That's right. <laughs> Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, exactly. you know, I could tell by the, you know, the riches both you and I are sharing within the network and everything. Oh yeah. It's quite lucrative around exactly. here. For sure. For sure. Just to wrap up the show, I wanted to thank you again for uh, coming on SoulForge and uh, sharing your story. It was a bit of a, a heavy topic. So next time we have you on, we'll do something light and fun. If, uh, if you're up for uh, a return visit. I am always up for a return visit. It's always nice here in the SoulForge. Perfect. Glad uh, glad you approve. So listeners, take care. Hope you took away something uh, deep and personal from this episode. So take care and remember, a clever person solves a problem and a wise person avoids a problem. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Soul Forge podcast. Your support is greatly appreciated and we hope you'll tune in again next time. Remember that you can visit soulforgepodcast.com for all of our social media links. And don't forget to share the show with everyone you know. The Soul Forge Podcast is your best source for living your best life. Think about it. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.